Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome to Vicarious Living. It is me and Pat. What's up, guys? So, we uh, did another two-episode little shindig at my place. And we have now watched number six, which is El Accidente, and number seven, which is Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So, I want to do some housekeeping first. Right, please do. Do we got a dirty house? Yeah. <laughs> Tidy it up a little bit. <laughs> we need to do some cleaning because we've been naughty. We've been so naughty that we need to do some housekeeping and give our Gmail. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com. Instagram. VicariousLivingPodcast Instagram handle. <laughs> I think that's the cleanest I've ever done it. That was clean. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like cocked and loaded and ready to correct you. Yeah. And then... I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like sit up in your seat a little bit. <laughs> You're ready to pounce, but I'm not going to let you down. No. Anymore. Um, well, probably a couple times. I got to say on uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with where our post game is at. Like if you look, if you scroll through mm-hmm. from where we started to where we're at now... Like, just on our page. I'm pretty satisfied with it. It's good content. I would say we got a lot of good content up there, so check out that Instagram. Um, I think your Photoshop skills are getting pretty good. Yeah, I can't wait to quit my job and just go full-time into Photoshop. I was going to say, if the job doesn't work out and this podcast crashes and burns, you could probably always get into some Photoshop work out there. I just realized when you said that, I was like... <laughs> I should be I should be the guy who's photoshopping nude photos online. You Ooh, know how yeah. there's always like uh, celebrity nude photos and you can always tell clearly when they're fake. It's like Christina Aguilera and she's like yeah. got her legs over her head. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, Christina Aguilera literally just took a picture spread eagle with her legs fucking jackknife behind her head like... Half the time, the skin tones are so off that it's like... Why is Sofia Vergara putting something up her butt on the internet? Why would would her agent let her do that? Yeah, I think... So, I'm not there yet with my Uh Instagram um, Photoshop skills, but I think if you look at where I started a few weeks ago to where I'm at now, imagine where I'll be in like three months. I mean, you're climbing your way up that learning curve. Yeah. I feel like that would be a great gig for you. Yeah. Doctoring uh, fake nudes on like celebjihad.com. <laughs> yeah. Or Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin's, uh, those are all realistic kids. Yeah. So, kids, if uh, tip for the kids, we're just going to hit it early and often on this one. Kids, if you want real nudes, go to mrskin.com. Do not go to celebjihad.com because those are bullshit. I feel like at the very least you could do like airbrushing of celebrity yeah. like or model photo shoots. Yeah. But you might be losing a little work because I think they're going towards like the all natural kind of look and modeling these mm, days. Yeah. Could be a dying industry. I do want to also, as we're in housekeeping or housekeeping segment, I do want to call out uh, some good feedback we got this week. Oh, great. 
And this is coming from a guy who we haven't seen in years. His name, first name, the last name, Rook. Oh. <laughs> Remember? Are we talking about Michael H? Yep. Michael H from our Graders days. Sup, Michael H. Sup, Thanks Michael for reaching H. out. He said uh, he's been listening. He's getting his friends hooked on it like it's crack cocaine, and we love to hear that. Love to hear that. That's fantastic news. I mean, off the top of my head, I just remember him coming in fresh. You know, coming in fresh, green, off the street. We were seasoned veterans when we were fucking making that best ice cream in the country, Grater's Ice Cream. And we came in like seasoned vets, and he came in green, and we hazed him a little bit. He's mm-hmm. one of our good yeah, friends, younger naturally. brothers. But we love him. We love him, and we love that he's listening. Okay, now, FNL, Friday Night Lights. Let's get into these two episodes. Episode six. Let's hit that first. I want to kick it off with Lila visiting Street in the hospital. Kick it, my friend. Because you were kicked off in the fucking pants. <laughs> I was I was kicking it pretty hard. Um, this is that, about during that viewing. This is about as much as I've seen you get worked up. Really? Watching these shows. I mean, I am always getting worked up. Always. At a, lo- a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe I came into the episode a little hotter than usual, and then it, it bumped it up to, like, you, yeah, vocal levels. Because yeah. usually I'm pretty good at burying that I shit. did see your boner when you walked in. Yeah. So. Well, these. I guess that's. These are Japanese travelers. Oh. So yeah. the denim is a little thin. Yeah. And if there's any activity down there, it's probably a little easier to I see. I see it. So. Yeah, I see it. So um, why don't you describe what Lila was wearing that got you so worked up? So I have to kind of, I'm going to put this in context of the scene. Mm-hmm. Lila comes into Street's hospital room. Yeah. Kind of like she normally does. And they kind of hang out. Street is excited. Yeah. He's like, I think he's in the best mood we've ever seen him in post-injury. So he's got a wheelchair boner and you've got. No, he will. He's like, he's like, come on over here. He's come over here. Yeah. And uh, Lila just so happens to be wearing this super low cut shirt. Yeah. And I don't think it's probably the first time we ever saw that. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I was getting inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Some 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 off air talk between me and Brian. Um, Can I make some of it on air? Because I wrote down some of your quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can say my quotes, but I just have to say, I think they purposely they purposely got her in this like skimpy kind of top. Because she comes and sits next to the street and he gets his first boner with her. Mm, and yeah. he's really excited about it because he's like, oh, this, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be able to do this. So I'll give... She climbs uh, on top and there's a whole thing. I'll give some of your quotes and then I do want to get into something about um, about what you just mentioned. Uh, medically having issues for him now getting boners. Which is probably the saddest thing um, that I think can be said to a guy. Like... Yeah. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty dark. So I'll wait on that for a second. Um, here, here's one quote. Uh, great tit episode by Lila. Unquote. <laughs> I said that? <laughs> yeah. That's hard to believe. Um, that is hard to believe. <laughs> Another thing. <laughs> sure. That's just rude. There's no way I would have said that. <laughs> Another thing that you were saying. Um, quote, I would like to strategically live my life to where I don't have to see Lila's cankles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could overcome the cancer. Yeah, it's not I don't know if I it. got that exact quote correct, but it was along those lines of essentially what you're saying is 
from her knee up, she is a 10 out of 10 in your eyes, looks wise. Uh huh. Rolling out her personality, her voice, which we hate and all that stuff. From her knee up, she's a 10 out of 10. So you're willing to overlook from the knee down. Let's just say if she had a great personality, I could, like, the cankles would just be, like, an endearing thing. I'd be fine with it. See, this is where we really are on two sides of the coin because I'm getting out of this. You're a titties guy. Because that's not me. It's weird because not really. But I think something something about my mood tonight and something about that scene had me going. I may have not said that quote exactly how it was written down because that sounds a (laughs) bit... Sounds a bit much, but I guess. <laughs> I I personally... I guess I'm guilty. I put so much emphasis. I'm such a leg guy. And so sorry for the ladies. This sounds pretty chauvinistic, but uh, this is or, how a lot of guys talk. That um, bridge has sailed. That, yeah, that bridge has sailed. <laughs> See a bridge? It sailed away. That bridge sailed away. Um, dudes are usually trying to figure out if they're titty guys or leg and ass guys. And I am a leg and ass guy through and through. I always considered myself a leg and ass guy, but... Maybe you're not. If you can overlook cankles, I don't know if you are. That's science. Shit. I'm going to have to do some some soul searching. We'll figure. I'll figure it out. Anyways, we have a lot of lady listeners, so let's get off the male chauvinism. Let's get on to what you first mentioned about the nurse coming in and breaking some news to Jason Street. Yeah, let's stop analyzing women's bodies and start analyzing you know what? the show. How about that? Let's just give a clip. Let's just give a clip of what that nurse says. Here it is. So you told me I can't have sex? No, I said it isn't medically safe to ejaculate. <laughs> See, that's funny, because uh, I always kind of put the two together. Jason, look, semen can backflow into your bladder and it can cause a whole bunch of things, especially a severe urinary tract infection. You know, I like, I like you a lot, Francine, but you really know how to break a guy's heart. I'll check on you later, okay? That's tough. That's tough to hear. That's Yikes. tough to hear. Um, I would say, as a dude, I would say that hearing uh, the news that you cannot have sex or even venture down there. Well, what she said, if you're listening closely... You can't ejaculate. You can't ejaculate. So, that sounds like this weird personal hell where you can fully... And she was... Sh- God, she was using the medical fucking... Well, that gets me going. <laughs> yeah. I'm still confused <laughs> whether I'm a poop or lag guy, but medical terminology is my thing. Yeah, I mean... But I, th- I don't she- feel like that's true. I feel like... I don't either, because there's people in in wheelchairs, I believe, who can have sex and have kids. Absolutely. Maybe it was just like a temporary thing. Maybe, yeah. Maybe let's just, for our own sanity, chalk it up to a temporary thing, because she was throwing out terminology like urinary tract infections and backups and fuck. Slow down. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyways you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do it a little early this week and i am gonna give my fresh early fucking 10 15 minutes into the podcast mcitw of the week a lot of times we get to these sponsors a little late in the pod and i want to hit them fucking now so the mcitw of the week that is the mcitw marissa cooper is the worst of the week so we can pay homage to that stupid fucking bitch brought to you by wicklow where w-i-c-k-l-w hmm where 
Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wickloware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Also, check us out on Instagram by Carrie's Living Podcast because you will see Pat and I wearing Wicklow hats Mm -hmm. in this week's post. MCITW of the week. I'm giving it to that fucking nurse who has no bedside manner whatsoever. She comes in, tells the guy he can't fucking jizz anymore. He shouldn't even be getting boners because it's frowned upon at this early stage of paraplegicness. And I think because that's the worst thing that you can possibly hear as a human being, she gets the award this week. How say you? I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm fine. She should have given him tips. She should have given him some help. Yeah, you got to be cooler about that, nurse. You got to be cooler. Lay it in softer. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe, like... I'll help you out one night. Do it medically sound. I'll Ooh. come in here. Maybe they they did shoot that scene and they cut it out. Maybe per yeah. Maybe that nurse giving him a hand job. Yeah. And showing him how to get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Make sure it doesn't what'd she say, back flow? Mm-hmm. Maybe she makes it front flow. Front flow. Correctly. Uh-huh. With hand jobs. No UTI. So maybe he's gotta like she's gotta hang him upside down by like those things that the at home gym things that you can get. Those yep. those stirrups for the uh, door hinges. Those are also great for your back, so it'll be yep. good for him. Mm-hmm. Kill two birds with one stone. Loosen up the back, free up the nerves in his lower back a little bit, and then also hand jobs. Yeah. It's fine. And Lila would be cool with it because you know she's fucking his best friend yeah so she doesn't really have i guess that much room to get pissed off i would have liked a scene where he he gets that news because if i'm him i get that news and i wheel right over to um the window and shoulder roll out (laughs) (laughs) yes uh no i i go to um his friend shit what's his friend's name landry no oh kirk Kirk. Wheelchair mentor. Kirk. Yeah, I go to him and I'm like, listen, I just got this news. Is that true? Because I feel like he would have solved all those issues. And or then he, he would have just been like, yeah, it is true. And then, then I would have shoulder-rolled up the windshield. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'd go over to Kirk and ask him for a medically sound hand job. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I would have asked him to, if he was going to jerk me off, I would have asked him to remove his uh, fingerless golf clubs. <laughs> I wouldn't, dude. I like the friction. The leather of those golf gloves, you'd like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noted. Provides a little friction. Noted. So, be free and explore. (laughs) Brought to you by Wickleware. (laughs) Fuck that nurse. Um, Okay, next. As we stay in the hospital, we stay on Jason. There's some stuff percolating now with uh, Tim and Jason, and honestly, it's good to see. It's good stuff. It's good to see. And I, it made me think, like, you know what? I think that Tim is one of those guys that he's a quiet guy. He's He kind of just keeps to himself. But if you ever really need something or want something from him, I'm thinking if he's, like, dating a girl, she needs to be a type A personality that kind of tells him what she needs. Like, Tim, I need you to be it. My fu- I need you to be at this cooking class tonight with me, 7 o'clock. I know you don't want to fucking do it. You're doing it. You're coming. And we're going to cook this tiramisu. <laughs> he needs a bossy girlfriend that loves tiramisu? Yeah. Yeah? And the reason I say that is because when Jason just calls him up and he's like, Listen, dude, fucking you come here 
and I need my friend right now. Like, they, as we talked about last episode, they finally had their first, like, fucking come back together moment after not talking. Now that ship has sailed. That's been done. That bridge has been crossed. That bridge has sailed away, as you would say. And so now that that bridge has sailed away, he goes and sees him, and there's this clip of Jason saying this. Answer me this, Timmy. What happened to Texas forever? Huh? What happened to living large? What happened to that eternal bond that you used to love to throw around when I was still healthy and headed towards the NFL, huh? I need you here, Tim. I need you here. I expect... I expect you here. You were my best friend. Grace period's over. And you're right. I think he just needs he needs to be told what to do. Yeah, he'll do the right thing. Yeah, but he just kind of needs uh, you need to lead that Riggins horse to water. Mm-hmm. He'll drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a I I think that is a uh, kind of powerful powerful scene by Street. But it made it, he said he also says I expect you here. Yeah, I like which that. which is cool. It really for the first time I wasn't sure why these guys are friends. I mean Tim's fucking his girlfriend and just doesn't like it seems to be cool with it. And you haven't seen them interact too much because Street's been in the hospital. Also, we know that there's a two-year age difference between them that's never going to be called out by the show. But the fact that Tim just stays on the show on this high school team for the next three seasons shows us that there's a two-year age gap. But this was the first time that you actually saw their dynamic, their friendship working out. And it does seem like it's, it meshes well. Like, it's kind of street, he takes the reins on it, and Tim kind of sits back, and he kind of just, like, goes with the flow type. Oh, so you're saying, like, the way Tim Riggins needs, like, a a type A girlfriend, he also fits in good with, like, a type A leader guy? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's just like this podcast, dude. I'm very type A. I'm Riggins. And you're (laughs) Riggins. Damn it! (laughs) Yes. Fuck! God damn, I just realized... Our podcast dynamic is I'm Jason Street in a fucking wheelchair. And I'm Reagan's, bro. Well, I wish you were drunker right now. <laughs> I wish you were. Um, okay. Well, God, that was... Maybe I should give the fucking MCITW of the week to me for fucking not realizing till right now that you're Reagan's you and really, I'm fucking Street. You really led yourself right into that one. Yeah, maybe I'll cut that out in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... I want to get into Buddy Garrity because I have a quest throughout this entire season, which I've been, I've tasked myself with, which is to slowly convince you that Buddy Garrity is like Caleb Nickel and he's the fucking man. And I'm up to the challenge. Yeah, you are. So if it's one thing you're always up to, it's a challenge. And convincing you that you're wrong about something. Yeah. So... Well, I will say in this episode, the seeds of your of your scheme started to started to bud a little bit mm-hmm. because I still think he's a fucking dirtbag. But in this, I could I could see why he's fun because there's a scene in this where Coach T is in a jam. He's mm-hmm. in like a couple of jams, most of which half of these jams were caused by Buddy Garrity in the first place. And we honestly, we don't even need to go into these jams. The important because a lot of these die off quickly. Yeah, we'll just call him jams. We'll just, just call him jams. jams. He's in jams. Coach T is in a jam. Buddy Garrity 
as you put it, is the guy you want in the foxhole with you. Yeah. When you're in a jam. Yeah. And or in war. Yeah. That when he's working against you, he's the worst. But if you're on his team, it is kind of fun. Yeah. I will say because he's like, yeah, we'll just fucking handle this. We'll do this. I'll do this. I'll strong arm this guy. I'll weasel my way into this guy. When that's that magic's working for you, I could kind of see where he would be a good person to have in your foxhole. When he's working against you, it sucks because he's a douche. Mm-hmm. No. no Uh, i I agree on all your first points i disagree on your last point about him being a douche here's why three three reasons one he's got pete berg on his side pete berg is only putting buddy garrity in positions to succeed so exactly what you're just talking about he's not fucking throwing buddy garrity right now in like uh, um what's a weird thing to throw him in jello jello he's not throwing no that's not that weird because i could see him just swimming in jello (laughs) he's not taking him off type he's he's very he's doing the same thing with billy riggins he's only putting him in a few scenes here and there where it's like okay buddy garrity needs to get something done i'll insert him yeah we got to do some buddy garrity stuff here that's it he's not really i know it eventually happens once buddy garrity starts to get more layered as a character but right now he's not a he's not really a dad, he's not really a car salesman which we get to. He's not really anything except this crazy booster guy who goes to the football games and just fucking loves the team. Which brings me to my second point on why I love him. Dude, this guy is a man of passion. <laughs> he's exactly like you dude when you're watching lila come into the hospital and you are fucking tossing a pillow onto yourself to hide how tumescent you are mm-hmm. that's all passion you and buddy garrity in that moment are the same fucking guy passionate guys there okay so there is a scene to piggyback on at that point that had me really really liking buddy garrity in that one moment i will say Okay. They're doing like a rally type thing and they're listening back to this old radio broadcast <laughs> yeah. of them winning state. And it's yeah. like the radio announcer is doing the, the call of like the last 10 seconds of the game or whatever. And Buddy Garrity is mouthing the words to this call, which lets you know he sits there and he listens to that game on the radio replayed back over and over. And that was outrageous. And no. in that moment, I loved the passion. I will never knock someone for their fucking passion, dude. Yes, he may come off like a douche sometimes, but this guy just gives a fuck. He gives two fucks. And he gives all those fucks, dude. Look behind you right now. Look behind you. What is on the wall right there? Do you see that picture? Is that Oscar Robertson? No, it's not. Is that Kevin Garnett? Dude, that picture's taken from the 60s. Hold on, let me get, let me walk over to it. It's like, I'm at a weird angle. This is going to prove, this is just going to piggyback on your, coincide with what you just mentioned about that scene. Is that John Havlicek? Yeah, it There's is. There's no way I would have known that from a distance. <laughs> the reason why I say that is that, that picture is part of one of the most famous calls in NBA history. Okay. I'm going to play a clip right here, and this is just for my own personal vanity. It's your podcast. Toss here it in. This is, whoa, this is our podcast. Well, good point. Here's a clip. Greer's putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep and Havlicek steals it. Oh, Sam Jones. Havlicek stole the ball. It's all over. It's all over. Sammy Havlicek is the ball for the 
Havlicek steals the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Havlicek steals the ball. Havlicek steals it. He stole the ball. Anyways, that clip just reminds me of Buddy Garrity is doing this high school football like like radio quote and mouthing it back like I would for the Celtics hearing that old call and that was from the 60s or like when the Celtics won in 2008 and the guy made this famous call right when they won the championship KG's year and he was like the original monarchy of the NBA has regained the throne it was like the sweetest fucking quote ever anyways that was my second point about Buddy Garrity. Okay. My third point about Buddy Garrity that I love is that he proves once again that it's all about who you know. <laughs> <laughs> People always say that in work. I never really understood it, and I still don't know if it's totally true. I don't know if it's really paid dividends yet in my life, but people say it all the time. I mean, Buddy Garrity is pretty good at greasing the wheels. But it, that's mostly because he's just a greaseball. But dude, it is he does prove it is all about how, who you know because he gets like all one of those jams we were talking about completely goes away because when he goes into that office of that lawyer or whatever, or the judge, I forget who it was, and he's just like, oh, no, buddy, buddy G. My buddy G. Okay, off of Buddy G. Um, that is just step one in my ongoing quest to get you to be in love with him. For the record, still don't like him. Okay. Are we trending in the right direction? We're trending. Still don't like him. We got That's some, all I we got we got a long way to go, but good job. Good job by you on this one. All I want is to be trending in the right direction. I have a whole season to pull this off. The day we trend in the wrong direction is the day that I feel like I may be in trouble. So, cool. Um, okay. Riggins decides to take Street out for a day away from the rehab center. Cool move. Super cool move. Cool move. Um, it's Tim's they're idea. They're working out, and then he's like got his hands on his shoulders, and he's like, dude, I got to get out of here. This place is fucking yeah. skeeving me out. yeah yeah he's like this place smells like a hospital so he's like all right let's get out of here at first street protest but i mean are you gonna say no to reagan's i wouldn't i wouldn't say no to, no not at all <clears throat> so he's like all right i got a little i got something planned for you so he comes back picks him up in his truck and i think this is the first time that streets left the hospital it is um and so they don't really get permission they kind of just sneak out of the hospital and Riggins lifts him up and puts him in the truck, tosses the wheelchair in the back of the truck. Probably with one arm, Paul Bunyan style. No doubt. And they're going to go on like a, a little excursion, just get out in Texas, taste that free Texas air. Mm-hmm. Right before they pull out, Buzz Killington, Lila Garrity, rolls up. <laughs> yeah. And she, she like moms both of them pretty much. Yeah. And she's like... Tim, what are you what are you doing? You get out here, Street. You can't do this. And Street's just like, listen, I need this, please. I yeah. need this. Yeah. And all the while, it's this like weird tension because I guess they're both kind of dating her now, secretly. Well, here's the thing: is the reason why we got to bring this up is because it's becoming quite the love triangle. Oh yeah, I literally have a. Uh, picture of a triangle drawn on my and well it's the extra tension especially in the scene where she's trying to get them not to leave the hospital is they're both kind of on the hook with her 
Riggins, yeah. before they started hooking up, Riggins probably wouldn't give a shit. He'd be like, oh, whatever. But now he's like, oh, I gotta make sure she likes me still. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, fine, whatever. I don't care. You guys are idiots. And then Street basically kind of ruins Tim's whole day with one move. He invites Lila along. Yeah, and I think that the key thing about that whole thing was to just really show what happens when real life comes into the picture. Because right now, this this catastrophic like Twilight Zone event has happened where this guy who is a star quarterback, he gets injured, fucking shreds his fucking spine, and he's paralyzed now. And, and it's kind of like what happens. It's like they're on vacation. There's all this taboo. Tim's having sex with Lila. And, you know, streets off in the hospital where real life, Tim and, and Lila, when they're out having sex all the time, can kind of detach from it. But now it's oh, like yeah. the it's first... Super, it's super compartmentalized, all right. of it. Compartmentalized is, is the perfect word, I would say. And it just comes right back to holy shit, this is now real life. Like, he is going to get out of this rehab center and it's going to come back into the mix of he's still dating this girl. So I now have feelings for this girl. And I thought, so they had a good day. I think Lila and Tim both realized that they need to kind of keep their fucking shit in their pants for the day because it's four street. It's it's his one day out. And so they're like, we're going to let it be. At the same time, it kind of brings the light, like, you as the viewer and Riggins, it seems, has no idea what the fuck his endgame is. Because at first you're like, oh shit, he's making a mistake. And then it becomes clear that he wants Lila real bad. And he says something where Lila and Street are like making out in the car. And Riggins gets Lila alone. He's like, all right, we got to get through this day. But like, can you please not make out with him in front of me? Yeah. So it's just like, oh shit. Like he wants to steal Street's girl. Yeah, it's becoming very, very clear that Tim has real feelings for Lila, and Lila was only doing it just for some fucking dick. Yeah. Because Lila sucks. Ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, I do want to bring up the last shot of their day, though, because this was like Pete Berg at his fucking finest. And, um, nice job, Pete. You know, they everything goes fine that day when they get, when they get back that day. It's one of those classic moments I don't think you love too much, which is Lila and Tim have decided that they're just going to they're going to stop it. They drop Street off at the hospital and then after they do that, they're they're just out at their car hugging goodbye and then Street sees them hugging goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the greatest fucking shots I've ever seen where it was perfect. Pete Berg set this up where he had street up in the in the hospital on like the you know fifteenth floor or whatever, looking down, and he first looks out, and it's a shot from behind street, and they show his face in the reflection, and he kind of smiles when he sees them. Is like, man, that was great, great day. Love out. my friends. I love my friends. Had a fun day. And then with my friends, they pan down from behind him, down onto the street level. And they kind of hold on to the hug a little too long. Yeah, it was just lit, lingered a little too long. Like two seconds too long. And then they pan back up to the window again to see Street's reflection and his expression changes. Mm-hmm. And it changes to like, uh, oh my God, uh-oh. I know this shit went down. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yep. And I thought that 
I thought that scene was perfectly done because Perfect. if it's it's lame and just like over the top if he looks out the window and he sees them make out. Right. It's just like it was just subtle enough. It was just they hug and like a two second hug would have been fine. It would have been like, oh, that was a was a fun day. We both love street. Let's let's give him a good hug. But the hug went on for like it was like a, a second sec- and a half. I was gonna say a second and a half too long. And then as they leave, their hands kind of touch, and it's just like, oh yeah, fuck. yeah, fuck yeah, it was a hand touch. But dude, see, this is why I love Friday Night Lights. And again, I don't want to knock the OC because it's still the top. Great show for us. A great show. But the quality here, it's just such high quality. I mean. I love how Pete Berg says, you know what, viewers? I don't need to treat you like the you're the lowest common denominator and I need to bang your head over it and show them making out and just full-on dry-humping on the top of his pickup truck, you know, <laughs> at 9 o'clock at night uh, in the middle of the fucking hospital parking lot. Yes, I don't need to show that. If you're dating that girl and you look down and see, you your, your head's already fucked up and if you see a little, like you said, a little hand touch graze at the end of the hug or like it lingers for like a second and a half too long you will feel that if you're that guy it doesn't need to be as egregious as like you know a fucking bj on the hood of his car (laughs) and it's perfect because it traps street and you and the viewer in this mental hell oh yeah it traps you in his exact mind state where he's like fuck do i bring this up or like my, like, I gotta bring this up. Like, how do I bring this up? How do I, if I just ignore it, maybe it won't happen, but I gotta bring it up. So he even says to Lila, like, a couple scenes later while they're in the pool, he's like, so you and you and Tim hang out a lot? Yeah. He's like, kind of like, he's too scared to straight up ask her and yeah. ruin his fucking life and his, blow his whole world up. So he just kind of like gently brings it up and mm-hmm. gives her the biggest out to say, oh, no, no, we don't see each other. And... And she even says no, but he can still just tell. Yeah, dude, here's the thing. But he's that he's not he's not brave enough yet at this point to right. be like, listen, because are you guys? There's no hard proof. Yeah, and I, I that was a perfect point because now you're digging real deep. You're digging real deep on the fucking Misan San here, and when you say that Pete Berg is talking about being trapped, that's why I think that shot, that one shot was even more impactful because you're in this little hallway on that that one fucking scene. You're trapped in it. You're up on the 10th floor. You're closed in. You can't yell out to them even if you wanted to. You're locked in there. And it's like you're trapped in there. And I think that's why it was so impactful that he didn't keep cutting away to like a camera angle that's right down by them on the street. He kept it all in that hallway. Yep. To where you see Street's reflection, you see down on them from his vantage point, because it really did make you feel like this is what it feels like to be him in this moment. Totally helpless. Fuck. Fuck. Nice one, Pete. Nice one, Pete. Nice one by us, because I didn't know we were going to get that deep, that fucking aggressively. Yeah, that was some good podcasting right there, I will say. Yeah, at least for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we set the bar low and I feel like right there we just stepped over it a little bit we just like, took a nice little, little yeah. step right on over that low bar I feel like I'm Roger Ebert right now just fucking breaking down stars so one more thing I want to give on episode 6 and then we get a crush on into episode 7 Julie Taylor and Matt Saracen I do not want to let an episode go by without bringing them up mm-hmm 
I just want to say, Julie Taylor, fucking hot take alert here. She may be the only girl I've ever seen who I see in bangs and I go, not phased. Actually, I'm only more turned on. You're able to overlook the bangs. That's big of you. I'm overlooking bangs on Julie Taylor like you're overlooking fucking cankles on Lyle Garrity. I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it might be. It might be because honestly, okay, so to defend myself here, I can still be a leg man. And like Lila Garrity, if you're an, an anti-Bangs guy and you like Julie Taylor, does that work out? Does that logic check out? No. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it, it, your logic checks out, but I still don't want to accept really it. really trying to weasel my way out of that one. No, your logic is sound. I just, I don't personally want to accept it because one, I don't want to ever think of myself as a Bang guy. And I don't want to ever, ever let you get off the hook. By saying you're a leg guy, but you're into cankles. I'm not into cankles. I'm just saying I could overlook them <laughs> for Lila. Okay. So wait. While by the way, while we're on the topic of Julie Taylor's hair, and hair has become a theme in the past couple episodes here, you also pointed out that you like the cr- the crimping style of her hair. <laughs> can you can you expound on that a little bit? <laughs> I don't even know, dude. I'm not a crimp guy, but... She, she had the bangs, and yeah. she had a crimp in her in her hair, and you said, mm, I like that crimp. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even... I've never really had feelings or thoughts on crimped hair, but it's just like, anything on her, I see it, and I just... I go to a 10, and obviously I see her... So you're saying she's like a trendsetter. Yeah. It's like you see... <laughs> But, but you see a Julie Taylor wearing a crimp, and all the girls are going to want to start crimping. Yeah, but let me be very clear. I see this now in season one, and I, I'm all I'm picturing is what that crimp would look like on her hair in season three when she is eligible to be analyzed for being hot. Good point. Dude, she's smoking hot. I don't know what else to say. She's fucking... I'm obsessed with her. I am obsessed with her. I, I don't... She is my speed times seven. I, I, I just... I'm at a loss of words because everything she does and every time I look at her, she's got these fucking lips, dude. She's got these nice, full lips. And again, not now in season one, but season three. <laughs> look at this. Really start noticing that stuff in season three. Um, I'm having a tough time containing myself on Julie Taylor because I'm just so into her. You know, I know it, you're like that with Lila Garrity now. <laughs> but, dude, I still don't want to call myself a Lila guy, but it was just this episode. You are. It's this episode. She she had it going for me. God damn, dude. Lila wears one low-cut fucking dress, shows some titties, and all of a sudden you've become a Lila girl. I thought, you know, we've both decided that we are Julie Taylor girls, season three. No, I'm a Julie Taylor girl full and full. and Full and full. Full and through? Full and through. How do you yeah. say that? Through and through? Through and through. Full on? Um, I'm more of a Tyra girl than I am a Lila Garrity girl. You know, good good point by you there. Um, I just want to bring up, you know, I did say, we haven't talked about Tyra too much, and I do want to say that I got a fun fact about Tyra. Okay, this this Tyra girl wants to hear it. <laughs> okay, um, fun fact about Tyra. Do you know that they were trying really hard to get Lindsay Lohan to play the role of Tyra Collette? Really? Yep. This would have been Lindsay Lohan at like peak fame, probably, right? This is a couple years. This would have been like after Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yeah, a couple years after Mean Girls. Pre fall off. 
pre-crack. Pre-crack. Yeah. Post Mean Girls. That's like sweet spot Ohan right there. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't get her though. She kind of would have overshadowed the show. It wouldn't have worked. You, yeah, you couldn't yeah. get a name that big to be in this show. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a Lindsay Lohan girl, so yeah, I'm fine she, with that. She was a good fact. She dropped out because she wanted to focus on her film and uh, crack career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a fact. Look it up. Um, okay, so yeah, Lila. You know, I, before we move into episode seven, real quick, I want to play one clip here of Saracen. We were talking about Julie Taylor and Saracen. I want to play a clip of just, this was one of those lines that got us going like, mm, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation between Coach and Saracen, and Saracen is having a moral dilemma with some of those jams that we were talking about, and here's the fucking line that he says. I know I should have said something sooner. I think I might have been confused between what was right for the team and what, and what was right. Anyway, sorry about it. Good night, coach. All heart that kid. Fucking character. I'm assuming Matt Saracen wins the Matt Saracen Captain Planet Heart Ring Award this episode. Yep, he does. Certainly does. Matt Saracen with another big time win for the fucking Captain Planet Heart Ring Award of the Week goes to Matt S. Regardless of the fact that he is the lamest fucking hiking boots with loose fit jeans that pat actually did wear tonight to this podcast studio to prove a point i came through with my promise how how they looking we we already discussed that they don't look as bad because you have slim fit jeans on and i think a big component of these hiking sketchers-esque on steroids hiking boots looking lame is that they got to be loose fit jeans okay so these don't look as bad, but still. Limit. I was thinking more in my mind. Uh, I right now I'm Julie Taylor with bangs. Like you're you're giving me a pass with the boots and jeans combo because I'm me. Oh. Like you give her. No, a pass I would with tell you. I would tell you if I thought they looked lame. Thanks, man. I mean, I can tell you that right now. I would say it. I, I mean, don't hold back. Maybe I'll wear them next week too. You know, I think it's better if it's a one-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's raining next week, for sure I'll be wearing the boots again. Okay, so, episode seven, Homecoming. There is not that much to go into in this episode. We spent the bulk of the time on episode six because there was a lot of meat there. Episode seven, there wasn't too much. I mean, there's a big Homecoming game. There's a couple points here that we should hit on for posterity's sake. They bring the old QB back. You know, you were talking about playing that Buddy Garrity saying that old radio quote. That radio quote is from when this old quarterback who comes to homecoming, oh, he won state. You talking about Lucas the Maneater Miles? <laughs> yeah, Lucas the Maneater Miles. A question He's... for you on him. Yeah. I know you gave Street a lot of shit, kind of episode one, episode two, about not looking like QB1. Does the man-eater look like QB1 to you? No. No. <laughs> I figured as much. No. Again, with the height. What is this? This has got to be the easiest thing in the world if you're Pete Berg and you're casting for one guy for one fucking episode to play a quarterback who won state who's like the fucking man. You know, everyone knows these old radio lines and stuff. This guy comes in and he is shorter than Smash. Street... Was still a little taller than Smash, and I didn't buy it. This guy is like three inches shorter than the running back. 
By the way, Smash is fucking around with all this like top 100 list stuff and the guy is telling him that he's too small. Yet I'm supposed to believe that this guy who's the quarterback, fucking Lucas Miles, the man eater, at five, six and a half is like the man eater? <laughs> we do get a scene where you, you realize that he is the man eater when they uh, break practice at the end of the week and the man eater's there watching practice. And Smash is like, hey, let's see if he's still got it. And they all, like, he just starts throwing passes to him in jeans and a wife beater. Yeah. He pops his shirt off. Wearing. And he's just whipping passes around in the wife beater. Cowboy boots. Of course. They're in Texas. Yeah. And, uh, God, his mechanics were awful, too. Fuck. This guy does not have a ton going on in terms of, like, needing acting chops because he's coming in, he's moonlighting in for one fucking episode. So it's like, you can't just get a guy who knows how to throw a football and who's over the height of 5'6 for well, one episode? It kind of does add up because we find out that he's been lying about being kind of successful and he comes kind of on bended knee to ask Coach Taylor for a job. Does I don't not, even... He does not get the job and it's probably because of his bad mechanics. <laughs> I don't even want to get into Coach that. Coach Taylor too. doesn't want him on the team. It's a one episode thing. He he's, leaves forever? That guy he's leaves out. forever? He's out of here, yes. He okay. leaves forever. Cool with me. I do want to bring up, though, um, you know, as they were at that practice, Smash is talking about this old QB can't overthrow him. Do you know why? Because he says that his 40 time is a 4-3. It's crazy fast. For the kids. Kids, do not be fooled, kids. 4-3 is insanity. The record for... NFL 40-yard combine time is 4-2-2. 4-3 is a very tall... Not a lot of guys get to even 4-3. The all-time record's 4-2-2. Not a lot of guys get to 4-3. You said intern Whitney was struggling with the 40-time uh, stuff. I don't know if she was struggling, but I was I was trying to explain how how just those tenths of a second are so crucial. Yeah. Like a 4-7... Like a and a four three sound kind of similar in terms of like four this guy this guy runs a four three this guy runs a four seven if you run a four three you're going to the NFL if you run a four seven you're probably not starting on your high school team if you run a five zero you might as well just pack it in and work at McDonald's the rest of your life if you run a five zero you are so fucking slow <laughs> yeah yeah so I probably I probably run like a five one I just <laughs> I just I can't buy that he fucking runs a four three I can't buy it. Yeah. I'm not. Well, if he did actually run a 4-3, he'd for sure have tons of offers. We wouldn't even have this storyline. It would just be he, he was wouldn't guaranteed. have to take steroids. He's starting to take steroids. We'll get into that next podcast because that, that only starts to drip in a little bit at the end tail end of this, episode 7, Homecoming. But, yeah, I don't think if you run a 4-3 in high school, because here's the thing, is you get faster as you go to college and you focus more on it it just it becomes more of your life and you get faster. What you're running in high school is not what you're running in college. So the fact that he's running a 4-3 in high school, to me, is saying he's going to run like a 4-1 when he gets to college. Yeah, he'd be set. He'd be Reggie Bush. It's faster than Usain Bolt. Okay. Um, I do want to say, though, I know we... I, I said we weren't... I didn't want to talk about that QB because he comes in and leaves. So the only thing I do want to touch about him, though, is that you do get a taste of what life is like after you get out of being the hero in Texas. There's a pretty big drop-off. 
Yeah, I mean, he's talking about like I went to got my college. Got, I won a high school state championship for football. QB one at five six and a half. Somehow I still got a fucking college scholarship to a D one school. He's like I I blew my knee out. This is for some reason that kind of that went away. But always in movies it used to be like I blew my knee out. Then you're just done. Yeah, now there's like arthroscopic knee surgery and stuff, and so it's like nine months and you're back on the field. Yeah, he's like I blew my knee out. I met with a girl, got her pregnant, dropped out, didn't graduate, picked up an insurance job in fucking Dallas. Now I'm jobless, coach, at 26. So it just shows, like, God, these guys are all fucking heroes, and they're the man, and Buddy Garrity's still mouthing your fucking state championship run. But at the end of the day, once you get out of that fucking shit, just like that show we were talking about on MTV, Two-A-Days, fucking life hits you hard and fast yeah when you're on the high school football team and you're in dylan you're a god if you stay around dylan you're kind of like a legend you still got a little bit of credibility as soon as you step outside the city limits of dylan texas nobody gives a shit no no you can't you can't even sell insurance (laughs) you can't even sell insurance in dallas a couple more things i want to hit on here and then we'll wrap up sure um let's just go to the game We'll end it on the game. So Actually, real quick, I want to yeah. hit on uh, on Riggins again real quick. Okay. I won't so, stop you. There's a scene, I forget what day it is of the week before the game, but he's still like, he's this he's in this pathetic thing where he is still trying to win Lila Garrity's affection, even though he realizes that it can't happen. And she chews him out. She's like, oh, Tim, you're fucking drunk and it's not even seven. You can barely stand. Yeah. And she like gives him an earful. So at that point, he's like, shit, I, I need to win her somehow. So maybe if I clean my act up a little bit, I'll have a chance. Oh, you think he was doing that for Lila? Oh, yeah. That that oh. was all prompted by Lila give, giving yeah. him shit. So that. Riggins goes clean and sober for this whole week. He does. He, uh, after that day, I wrote down because um, it was definitely later in that same day where he could barely stand up by 7 p.m. Later that evening, he's lifting weights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he gets yeah. his act together and he's 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 getting a, work, a home workout in after day drinking all day. Yeah, we got to play a clip here. Unfathomable. We got, oh, fuck, this isn't the clip where he's working out and screaming. No, that happens later. But play the clip now. This is him. Yeah. This, this is, is him. We'll just say this is him in the gym the next day. <laughs> clean and sober, getting the fuck after it in the gym. I mean, you'd be able to answer it better than me. like, Because I don't go work out at the gym. I don't do that. Never. But uh, you can answer because I know you go to the gym, right? Yeah, I'm a YMCA member. Are there stere- gym stereotypes to where, like, if a guy's yelling like that, what are you feeling? <laughs> I, I'm, I don't really mind it just because <laughs> because I, I, it doesn't bother me that much. But I do kind of feel uncomfortable for him because I know that that guy is just fucking out of his mind. It's like, so he just weird has no see- self-awareness. It's so weird to see Riggins do that, though, because we love him so much, but to see him fucking scream like that while but he's in, doing... But in high school, with your teammates, like when you're working out with the team, getting after it and being passionate about it, that's fine. 
But when you're fucking 35 and you're in a YMCA and you're yelling like that, which does happen, it's just odd. You need to grow the fuck up. By the way, quick side tangent about this. Uh, good friend of ours, Hank. Yeah. You know him? Yeah. Good friend of ours. He's a good friend of ours. Best yeah. man in my wedding. Yeah. Uh, he told good me bro. that he once went to a Planet Fitness. I know, a, I know Planet Fitness. There's though. a gym and their whole thing is it's kind of like like a non-intimidating place to work out. So there's not like dick bags and on steroids like in the gym screaming like that so it's, it's an average of, joe's it's basically not, average joe's it's a like a place gym. that's supposed to be like you can work out in peace and not be intimidated by like yeah like hard guys at the gym my sister goes there so um she might know what i'm talking about then she might hate intense gyms i'm sure she does so so Hank goes to a planet fitness and he's getting a workout in He's on the bench just doing dumbbell bench press. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up to him and informs them that somebody rang the lunk alarm on him. What's that? They have a thing at the gym. If somebody's being that guy where they're screaming or like they're just doing something like <laughs> like that's, distract, that's distracting to everybody else. But like basically being a meathead at the gym. Yeah. You can discreetly alert the staff that somebody's being a, a quote unquote lunk at the gym and they go over and tell them to stop doing whatever they're doing what's lunk mean i don't know it's like a basically a like a meathead <laughs> and so <laughs> and his mind is his biz, own business i've seen him work out he doesn't scream but he was just probably just i think he said he set the weights down too hard when he was benching <laughs> and somebody fucking tattled on him at the gym and said he was being too much of a meathead god so damn. the staff had to come over and correct him god that's uh i think i'm gonna go to my grave without ever having the lunk alarm rung on me so well i would have thought the same thing for myself until i heard that story so that's so crazy <laughs> so weird so hank pro- probably the funniest thing that i had heard all that week and i don't think you're a lunk Keep keep doing you. Keep uh, hey. Keep trying hard, dude. Keep doing that uh, that dumbbell bench. Okay, back to FNL. Are you ready to get back? Oh yeah. Riggins, he has a great game. He has a great homecoming game. Smash is not great because he's all up in his head about the fucking top one hundred list and the scout. But old Riggins has a great fucking game, and he's clean and sober. That's yeah. That's the big I think reason. That's yeah. He's, he's clean and sober. He has a great game. And Street's there to watch. And Street... Okay, for, yeah, first off, at this homecoming game, that was tough. That was a tough scene. I, I shit on Jason Street a lot, but that that was good acting. I'll give him, I'll give him props. He, he conveyed that emotion of what it would be like to... They say it in the episode. They're worried about, like... You know, everyone and Dylan and the fans treating him now like he's kind of like a quote-unquote mascot. You know, they wheel him out. And that was tough to watch because they do wheel him out and he gets the standing ovation and everyone cheers him. Goes into the, the huddle and he does the clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Gets the team all route, you know, route up, go play the game. And then it was tough because they did, they the camera lingered on him for like an extra couple seconds. And it's kind of like another Pete Berg moment of what you always see is the guy comes out, the hero, he comes out, tragedy, guy had a tragic thing happen, comes out, everyone rallies behind him and they run out on the field and then they go straight to the game and they play the game 
and you just forget about the whole totally kid. forget about that guy <laughs> yeah you forget about the whole rallying guy i thought that was cool that the camera stayed on him where like everybody like it's like oh hey he has his moment. let's go let's, let's go, go. Yeah. yeah and then then they go about their game and he's still sitting there like fuck yeah and he claps a little bit and then he just kind of like sits there and it's like well now what yeah mm. now i'm still the guy in the wheelchair and i'm not going out with all of them you could tell he was kind of glad he did it because it was a cool thing. But yeah, at the same time, just it, it was only it only made him feel good for like a quick second, and then back to back to real life. Yeah, it was emotional. And then um, after that, Riggins gets the game ball because he's clean and sober, running for fucking six towns, and gets the game ball. And so to keep that emotion going, I'm gonna play another clip here of after he gets that game ball. And full disclosure, kids, I know kids, you don't have a very long attention span, but this is going to be a longer clip, probably a couple minutes, and it's going to be fucking worth it. Here is Riggins getting the game ball, and who does he give it to? Here it is. I don't know how in the hell he did or where he came from to do it or what have you, but I know who this game ball goes to. That was one hell of a game. All of y'all, that was one hell of a game! Wow. I, uh, I'm not very good at this kind of stuff, so... Coach is always talking about, uh, one team and one heart. To be honest with you, I thought it was... thought it was stupid. Fact is, he's right. He's right. Everybody in this room knows who... where we get our heart from. He's sitting right there. This ball belongs to you. Please. Like a brother. Like a brother six. What y'all staring at? Y'all played a hell of a game. Go party. Come on, baby. I will say in that clip, fucking emotional. Yep. One. Oh yeah. I don't want I want to make sure that we hammer it home. How much we love Tim Reckons always. She's the fucking best. He's just the fucking best. He gives you emotion. He gives you fucking badassness. He just gives you everything you want. Hot guy. Alert. A couple things, though, on that clip. It's pretty clear uh, on one of those lines that he is from Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little, little, ma- little maple syrup slipped out of the mouth there. <laughs> he, uh, he let it slip out on, like, don't you know? <laughs> kind of on that clip. Um... We don't care. We let it slide. Canadians are better than us in a lot of different ways. That's science. Geography science. Yeah, they um, are above us. You said there was some sex with my girl tension, though. I thought so. On that ball handoff. And I thought Street was like, thank you for the game ball, but I still think you're having sex with my girlfriend. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it wasn't that obvious. Not verbal. It wasn't even obvious enough that Riggins knew. 
Nope. It was just like, he was just like, yeah, thanks for the ball. It was a for, feel. For fucking my girlfriend. Cool, it was a feel. Cool, dude. You could tell that it was, something about the moment was a little hollow. Yep. It was. And, you know, it's one of those things, we know what's going on, so we felt that through Street. But yeah, I, I think Riggins still thinks that Street doesn't know. So, but I don't know. Do you, do you think he doesn't? I think it's just kind of paranoia. He might think like, oh, I hope he doesn't find out. He He probably has a guilty conscience about it. He has guilty. So he might have been feeling the guilt on that ball handoff. But Street would just full on. I think he knows it's up. So I think that's a good lie. I think that's a good clip to kind of just like, let's leave it there. Why don't you give your MVP and then we'll wrap it. Uh, My MVP, same guy that just got the game ball. I'm giving him the podcast ball. Street? No, Riggins. Riggins got the game ball from Coach, and oh. then he passed it. <laughs> yeah, so no giving it to Street. No, I mean Street's. I mean Street's a good guy. He played a good episode, but he's not getting MVP. I'm Dude, giving it to Riggins. But if there's any episode, he's gonna get it. He's not gonna get one now because this is about as close as he's gonna get to getting the game ball or oh. I mean the MVP. Street's got some good episodes left in him. Okay, all right, it's going to Riggins. Tim Riggins. Because he's uh, clean and sober? Clean and sober. Had a fucking hell of a game. Got his shit together. Still not totally sure what his plans are with Lila. That's semi-frustrating. And also the sweet, just classic, classic Riggins move of sneaking him out of the hospital. And yeah. going like, going to just drive around in the truck. Chill on the... Just have a normal day. And that's the only thing, the only way you're going to get that day is by being friends with Riggins. Yeah. He gets you out Breaks of there. you out of jail. He'll still, yeah. He takes you out on a boat. Gets and you... it's always just relaxing. It's going to be, we're going to get beers. Going to get some beers and chill. And we're going to relax and chill in the coolest and sweetest way possible. Because as in, we know. In that scene, Riggins is so chill. I'm going to try it. This is, this is bad for the listeners right here. But he's sitting in a Pat's lawn chair. Pat's now taking his pants off. He's pulling his pants <laughs> he's off. He's sitting in a lawn speak. chair. And he's literally like parallel with the ground. He's so leaned back. Like, in this thing. But his dick's not out. Why's your dick out? Oh, I don't know. Put that's your just, fucking pants that's on. That's just how I relax. <laughs> but yeah, if you do the... watch that episode, just notice how parallel Riggins is with the ground as he's chilling. It's it's something to behold. Look out for it, kids. Look out for it. He relaxes better than anyone we... <laughs> so good at relaxing. <laughs> yeah. He's just the man at relaxing. He's number one in our hearts. He's number one at being a cool fucking hot ass guy. He's the MVP of the week, courtesy of Pipes. And that's good. I think we wrap it there. Kids, kids, you tuck on in, kids. You tuck in tight and warm. It's rainy out there. You want to stay warm when you tuck in. And as always, Pat. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.